All right. So fear. So one of the reasons we find that real estate investors, business owners, entrepreneurs, whatever category you want to put people in, visionaries, um, they all have one common thing. That's fear. And whether the fear um, controls them or the action that comes from them is uh, different with each one. We always tell people, people fear either causes you to do something or not do something, right? And the fear, me, me and Austin could have the same fear, and that fear could cause it to manifest one way with you and completely manifest a different way with me. It could drive me to do something versus other people could cause them to stop right in the tracks. And so I think first of all is know thyself. Know what your fears are. Um, I posed a question one time and on Facebook and asked about fear, and the response I got was actually quite interesting. I found that more people were fearful of success than even failure. And what caused that? You know, it was interesting to, to see that mindset of entrepreneurs that were like, you know, I'm, I'm actually scared of what it looks like to be extremely successful and, and how, what that, you know, how to get there. And, and, um, and so I find a lot of times fear manifests, manifests itself because there's, there's no knowledge around the fear. And when we don't have, when we have fear, if we want to limit the fear, uh, control the fear, we can do that by gaining more knowledge of the area that we're fearful in. Um, so when we get knowledge, knowledge offsets fear, and then we have to have faith, enough faith to sustain the, that knowledge. You know, I fly, and I, and I don't like flying. Uh, we fly about five times a week on average, and when we fly, there's a fear that shows up. A phone, I, I, there's a roundabout number that I think it's around 1,700 times in my last 20 years, uh, but that's a lot of flying, and every time we've flown, or every time I've flown, I have that same anxiety that I had the very first time I flew. Now, you wouldn't know that. I get on the plane, it doesn't, people don't know that I'm on there, I'm not having a panic attack, I'm not you know, freaking out. Why? Because I've got knowledge of what it takes to fly. I've got knowledge of the plane, I've got knowledge of you know, what that plane can withstand and turbulence and things like that. And then I have to put my, hand, my, my, my fear to side and sustain it with faith. Now, Susan, you recently read a book. Yeah, the book's called Do It Scared. So I got this book from a friend. I was sitting on a plane reading the book. The very first chapter. So it, it breaks down fear and says there's seven types of, diff of different fear. And um, the very first chapter was on this fear called the procrastinator. So I'm reading the book. Oh, and I'm like, this that. applies to me quite well. <laughs> so, you know, it, it gives suggestions on overcoming it, how to not be a procrastinator. So its idea was to just get started. So, you know, I'm reading books. We talk a lot in front of people. I'm like, you know, I'm going to make this into a presentation while I read the book. So I immediately popped up my computer, pulled it all together, started adding, you know, and, and really, I think, came away with a good presentation. Have I given the presentation? No. But that's not the point. The point is that, it, you know, it was to get myself out of my comfort zone to, to just get started, to get, just keep going. So acknowledging the fear that is holding you back or that is stopping you from doing something is important. So it, the book I was reading, again, it's called Do It Scared. And if you go to doitscared.com, it had a fear assessment. So I actually had, sent it out to all of our employees and all of the people on our team. And I'm like, hey, take this. For one, because I wanted to know what other people's fear was. Because if I could see it in them, I could help them push the past it. Gary actually used it once to manipulate someone. but no, I just wanted to buy it worked. You got it. One back. of my friends found out it was people pleaser. It was pretty high too. And I'm like, you know, last time you bought, made me a pie. 
It's been a little while. <laughs> so, that is not fair. You're and not she's like, to use this you, to you can't do that. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm just kidding. I am totally just kidding to this person. And sure enough, I still got a buy. So I was pretty, pretty. Yeah, yeah. it was pretty funny. I thought I you used those Southwest drink coupons to overcome your fear, but I guess I'm wrong. <laughs> That's a good idea. We sell those. <laughs> I have some Delta ones. <laughs> so I'm going to control it right there. No, but what was interesting is because I, I looked at everyone on our team and I'm like, okay, I, I can see this in them. And if we can recognize it, we can help them overcome it or help them push past it or, you know, make sure that we're doing things that aren't aggravating a fear in someone. Um, So for me, the procrastinator, it it was basically I was afraid of it not being perfect. So I would delay in getting started or delay in, you know, calling it done or good enough. So I, I recognized it in myself quite a bit because... I would. I would just hold off until I have everything right before moving forward. You remember the other so, seven? Or there's seven total, right? Yeah. There is the people pleaser, mm-hmm. the procrastinator, the outcast, the um, excuse maker, the rule follower, the pessimist, mm. and one more. I'm going to forget the seventh one. You always forget the seventh one. I like, know. Whenever I name the seven apply. dwarfs, I can never <laughs> name the seventh dwarf. It's sleepy. <laughs> it's always sleepy. It's always sleepy. <laughs> sleepy. You forgot about but, no. That's a good point. No, That's a good really point on on fear and how we recognize it ourselves. And I think Susan looked at it in the manner of like how it stopped her from mm-hmm. moving forward. And I, I think there's another pers- perspective, which is what is it, you know, because sometimes when people get that procrastinator one, they yeah. go, I'm not a procrastinator, I'm a maverick. I go, yeah, but how is that fear manifesting itself? Is it actually causing you to make decisions faster without any information in a reckless way because you're so scared of being considered as a procrastinator? Because fear could drive you to one, drive you to do it or not do it, right? So you know, ultimately, fear. And if you ask many psychologists, they'll talk about fear can lead to anxiety and also lead to depression. And so it's one of the things I think we have to be careful of is allowing our fear to control so much it leads into a depressive state. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely um, something to battle and something to be with, you know, from when um, I recently kind of restarted my real estate business here a couple months ago. And um, to kind of talk to two points on it, you talked about the knowledge to helping you overcome fear. Well, there were some some time there when I got started where, you know, I've been a part of a lot of transactions, I've, I've experienced, I've, I have friends in the industry have done it, and um, I still have this fear of, like, could I do it? Mm-hmm. And the way that I overcame it, kind of doing it myself, was I embraced myself with my network, my friends, and, you know, I gained this knowledge of kind of the beginner stuff all over again, you know, because I, I had to go and, and get data the same, or you know, just do some of the, the, the basics. And what took a lot of the fear away for myself and my wife was the knowledge that we gained, the knowledge that we gained from other people, our resources. And it's not that I didn't know that I needed to be reminded of it at, at a point. And, you know, during that during that time, the mental side is one of the hardest parts to come through because you, you have, is this going to work? Am I going to have faith that I'm going to spend this money and this is all the money we have left? And, you know, you go to bed at night and you, and you battle it and... And, you know, when I did the fear assessment, mine was people pleasing, mm. you know, and I, and I, and it was high too. It, was, it carried some weight. It was in 70 percentile. Yeah. And, you know, and that's a fear that drove me was always pleasing, you know, so I had to please my wife when it came to our business and then, you know, all these other things. And the, the, the hardest part about fear is the depression that's tied to it, in my opinion. And, mm. and, 
And that's why you know, having networks of people to help you gain knowledge, to be vents, to be expressive to is, is really important because had while we were restarting our business, you know, we've luckily have done our deals and have, have put a little bit of money in the bank now. But had we not had people to express ourselves to talk about our problems, talk about our mindset, um, yeah, who knows if, if we would have had any success. Let me ask you this, too. I mean, you talk about causes you to do something or not do something. So obviously the fear drove you, drove you to reach out to other people and all that because it didn't stop you. But I wonder at some point in even your career, you know, how long did you work with a team? Did you work, you know, with other people, even have a job that because you were a lot of the fear of not pleasing them, mm. you know, not yeah. able to act. Yeah. I mean, you yeah, knew at some, I think at some point I think you kind of knew that you could do this. Yeah. Now you get out that island by yourself. It's always a little scary. Yeah. But then it's like, did you not jump? Did you not make the decision? Did you, you know, we have, we talked today, like there's all these career real estate guys that are a career. I'll do it. I'll do it. Do my first deal soon. Yeah. And I wonder sometimes if these fears don't play into that, and especially like that people pleaser where they don't want to let somebody else down. They're on a team with somebody, you know, they, then they don't want to venture out and do it on their own because they don't want to disappoint somebody. Prime example was me getting into real estate. So I worked food and bev, uh, almost 17 years in the industry, I had a great relationship with the owners of the company, um, but we had our first kid and I was deciding to, to move off to do something else. So I put my two week notice in, which turned into be a one month notice, um, which then turned out to be a part-time job after I worked out my month notice. And it was not because I needed the money. Like I'd already done some real estate deals, I'd already been paid. It was the fear of letting these people down that mm. provided me an opportunity. And then finally, one day, I just realized that I'm not doing anybody any 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 good. Like, I'm not doing the restaurant owners any good because I'm in the back office trying to do a deal on Friday night during the busiest time of the, you know, the week. And then at the same time, I'm not doing my real estate stuff because I'm, I'm taking away, you know, 30 hours a week to go in, in the food and bev side. And I think that's, it's a huge thing to it. It's... And, and even in starting up and going through it, like I still would allow fear to stop me, like even build on, like I know that this is how you do a process. I know this is how you talk, talk to a seller. And I would allow my fear to still overcome me and not make sales calls for the day or not mm. do something. Mm. And you know, and it's, it's not fun. Mm. Awesome, what would you feel is one of the things, if somebody's listening to this right now and they're struggling with a fear and they know it's a fear, that maybe they've gone out and they've done, <laughs> assessment on doitscare.com and we're looking at it now what would you feel, tell them is you know first step is always to gain more knowledge on the subject to overcome the fear what would you say is one of the next things that somebody should do in order to help conquer the fear um well i want, kind of wanted to go back to and i'll answer that question but um you were talking a minute ago about um the same um i guess, I guess pro issue creating different responses from different types of fear. Right, right. And you, you, you and I went through that not too long ago. Um, you're concerned about revenue growth in the company. I'm concerned about revenue growth in the company. You, you know, we were making a decision on whether to hire somebody new or not. You know, and you, you even made the comment to me, you're like, I'm afraid if we don't make this hire that we won't continue to see growth. I'm, af I'm afraid of that. And I looked at you and said, well, I don't want to hire the person because I'm afraid that if we do, it will hit into the growth. And we both had a different response to it, yeah. you know, as yeah. to you know, how we were going to approach that. 
both of us being afraid, just different different approaches to it. So I thought that was really, you know, when you made that comment a minute ago, kind of, I, I thought of that example. Sure. And, you know, I, uh, I think that the... Um, you and I are like completely different people, so we have different different takes on. It. I think a lot of times the visionaries and the um, guys that want to charge hell with a squirt gun, you know, they um, their their approach is always to move forward with it. Mm-hmm. You know, and those uh, who are watching, who are more like me, of okay, whoa, stop, push back, slow you know, slow everything, yeah. slow down. I had my first store, and I had about a year, and. Um, the store that I wanted. It was the one that when I bought my first store, my goal was to buy the Ham and Papa John's, the one I had worked at when I was in college. And that was the one I wanted. And that was, you know. And a year later, I get a call that the store is up for sale, but if I wanted a better call right now. So I call the guy that owns it. He comes to my store and sits down with me. And I told him, I said, well, I don't have the $300,000. He goes, I'll finance it. I said, well, I don't have the $5,000 for the deposit for the power company. I'll take care of that. At the end of it, within an hour, he's going to finance the whole deal and write me a $24,000 check and hand me the keys, like, right there while we're sitting there. And I'm like, can I think about it? And he goes... I would have already been in the store. He goes, okay. I said, I'll call you tomorrow. He gets in his truck and he leaves. And I got up, and my wife has been sitting, she'd been sitting there with me the whole time. Yeah, she's kicking you. And so, well, she knows, she with me a long time, she knows me. And she, uh... He, he literally gets his truck, pulls away, and as he's pulling away, I'm like, what am I doing? Like, this guy literally is no money down, financing the whole deal. I was like, well, how many years do you want to finance? He's like, I don't know, whatever you want. I'm like, 30? He's like, sure. Like, 30-year note, like, on this thing. Like, everything was, you know, and um, so I literally, he didn't pull out a parking lot five minutes. I had a phone call him. I said, hey, can I come over to the store and look at the numbers out of the computer to verify that they're right? I still had to have more information. So I drove over there, looked at the numbers, told them, told them after, I'm like, I'll take it. Literally, hand writes me a $24,000 check, you know, and hands me the keys to the store. And he's like, I'm like, well, we kind of got to like go through corporate approval in this first. And he's like, yeah, it'll be fine. <laughs> you know, and I, had possession, I had possession. But, you know, I was, my company was going to triple in size. I was going to triple in revenue. I was going to triple in employees. I, I no longer could be... Um, it was a point where I had control. I was I had one store. I could always be there. Anybody called off, anything happened, I could handle that one store by myself. With two, I couldn't be in two places at once. And it was really, I think, overthinking it. Mm-hmm. And it literally was like laid in my lap. I look back on it and I, and, I, and I laugh at the story. And the next time it came around, because it actually came around in store number three, mm-hmm. like I didn't hesitate. You know, I, I, I realized what happened. So I think a lot of it is, is knowing yourself, what we've been talking about, knowing what you're afraid of, and not 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 doing your due diligence. You know, I, I needed it there. But at the same time, you have to be able to recognize when an opportunity is one that you've you got to take it. You know, and um, you know, and there were some stores that I looked back on that I shouldn't have bought. <laughs> you know, I looked at it and I said, why did I buy this store? That was really stupid, you know, because it wasn't the right thing. But... You know, it never, it all worked out okay. You know, I, I, you know, I see a lot of, a lot, talking about fear, I see a lot of our clients that are afraid to let people go who work for them. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was actually I was just on the phone yesterday with somebody about it. And I, I finally looked at him and I said, you need to let them go. I said, trust me, it won't be as bad as you think it is. It will be okay. Because I don't know how many times I would have to, have to have to separate and point from somebody. And I'd be like, oh man, this is going to be terrible. And you know what, the next day I was like, 
that wasn't too bad. Mm-hmm. It's going to be okay. And I, I think that we fall into that, that as business owners, and again, I deal a lot with employees and HR and people nowadays, and, uh, and have for a long time. It never is as bad as we think it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I think doing our due diligence, but realizing when it is, it is time to pull the plug. Yeah. yeah. You know, Gary will come up with some idea or something, and my first initial response is, okay, wait, well, wait, do we have everything we need? Again, procrastinator shows up. But it's also sometimes it's like, okay, what is the worst case scenario? You know, what really could go wrong? And if you face and recognize those things, and it's like, okay, well, I could handle that. Mm. If, if this is what happens, can I handle it? And it's like, yeah, you know. Sure, I could move in with my mom and dad if I needed to. I, you know. Wow. <laughs> right. Start another business. What, what are we talking about here? I don't know. I'm, I'm already lost. No, but I mean, like, if we lost everything. Oh, I was talking about a boyfriend. I was talking about you. <laughs> um, but, you know, you know, looking at the worst case scenario right. stuff can help us identify it. Is it really going to be as bad as we think it is? Mm. So, But we have to be honest with ourselves of what that could be, too. You know, I think, I think kind of wrap this up, I think one last thing I just want to say here is um, fear a lot of times is, is not truth. Hmm. And um, the Bible says, think on that which is true. You know, and, and so a lot of times when I find fears in my life and I've allowed it to creep in and it's stopped me or my tracks or it's created something in me and it manifests and causes me to do something out of character or... Um, causes me to act on something that maybe I shouldn't act it on or causes me not to act at all, I usually find the fact that I'm probably barred from tomorrow's problems. It's not really a truthful situation in that moment. And a lot of times that fear, when we manifest it, it's, it's a mindset thing where we, we allow worst case, like you said, mm-hmm. to, to control. control, right? And we think, like, we think about like all the things that could go wrong. I love Zig Ziglar. Zig Ziglar used to call this stinking thinking, you know, is what he called it. And um, I, so what I've done in my life is this, is fear shows up. It's no doubt it's going to be there. I don't have a lot, you know, obviously don't control where, when it enters our mind. Maybe we can. I'm not becoming a master at that yet. But when it enters my mind, I can control how I respond to it. And so I tend to find myself asking this question, is what I'm thinking right now true? Is that really what's going to happen? Or am I borrowing from tomorrow's problems? And I think that's one of the, going back to your point, Brent, or Austin, is when you said, you know, it's never as bad as we thought it would be. Because I think we borrow from tomorrow's problems <clears throat> and let it manifest in that moment. And we give, we give credibility to something that's not true. Mm-hmm. And so as we wrap this up, I think a couple things, just to recap one, if you have a fear in your life, the first thing you gotta ask yourself is, am I knowledgeable in it? If you're knowledgeable in it, um, you gotta ask what's driving the fear, right? What's the driver? Maybe do this fear assessment and understand what's the driving force behind the fear. And last but not least is just ask the question, is this true? Is this really gonna be the result? Is, is, is what I'm thinking that's negative here really what's going to happen? And, and if you have knowledge, you know what's driving it, and then alas, it's not the truth, the answer is this isn't true, then I think it can help you control that fear a little bit. 